From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 26th of October 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about Rishi Sunak's cabinet. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing Sunak's first Prime Minister's questions. But first, Rishi Sunak's cabinet. If you've been keeping up with the daily briefing or watching the main TLDR UK channel, then it won't have escaped you that the UK has a new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. He officially became Prime Minister on Tuesday morning after winning the Conservative Party leadership election on Monday. As with all new Prime Ministers, his first day was largely spent assembling his cabinet. So we're going to take a look at Sunak's cabinet. Who's in, who's out, and what it might mean for the direction of his government. First up, Sunak reappointed Jeremy Hunt to the role of Chancellor of the Exchequer. Hunt has been appointed to the role by Sunak's predecessor, Liz Truss, in an attempt to end the economic turmoil unleashed by her mini-budget. Sunak is hoping to provide more stability and reassure markets by reappointing Hunt as the man in charge of the money. Both Sunak and Hunt have said difficult decisions, basically referring to cutting public spending, will need to be made. The new Prime Minister also reappointed Liz Truss's Foreign Secretary, James Cleverley, to the same role, despite Cleverley being a Truss ally and someone who favoured Boris Johnson over Rishi Sunak in this month's leadership election. But with the war in Ukraine and talks with the European Union over post-Brexit trading arrangements, in which there has been an improved atmosphere under Cleverly, it's clear Sunak wanted continuity and also to appease an ally of his former rival. There will also be continuity in the Ministry of Defence, with Ben Wallace, who's been key in leading the UK's response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, reappointed Defence Secretary. He wants UK defence spending to increase to 3% of GDP, so maybe on a collision course with Rishi Sunak, who has so far refused to commit to that high level of spending. Sunak's most controversial decision was to appoint Suella Braverman to Home Secretary, just a week after she was forced to resign from the role over a breach of security and the ministerial code. Appointing Braverman, who wants to cut immigration and increase police powers to clamp down on disruptive protest, is an olive branch to the right wing of the Conservative Party. But while it may help with party unity, it's been strongly criticised. Opposition parties were quick to highlight that appointing someone who quit a week ago for breaching the ministerial code was not exactly in line with integrity, professionalism and accountability that Sunak promised in his inaugural speech. There was a comeback for Dominic Raab, who, after a short break, is back in his old role as Deputy Prime Minister and Justice Secretary, which makes him the ninth Justice Secretary in eight years. Michael Gove is also back as Housing Secretary, having been sacked during the downfall of Boris Johnson. Grant Shapps has been moved to Business and Energy Secretary, meaning Jacob Rees-Mogg will no longer be in Cabinet and will return to the backbenches. Truss ally Theresa Coffey has been demoted from Deputy Prime Minister and Health Secretary to become Environment Secretary. Her replacement as Health Secretary is Steve Barclay, who is returning to Cabinet. Rishi Sunak's leadership rival Penny Mordaunt has been reappointed Leader of the House of Commons. The decision has been seen as a bit of a snub, as she was reportedly gunning for a promotion to a top job like Foreign Secretary. 
She had refused to drop out of the leadership race until the very last minute when it became clear that she did not have enough support. For the full list of Cabinet appointments, take a look at our post on the TLDR News UK Instagram page. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz met with French President Emmanuel Macron today in Paris, amid what is particularly frosty times for one of the EU's central relationships. Relations between France and Germany have become increasingly strained, to the point that their relationship has been described as glacial by French newspaper Le Figaro. Schultz and Macron and their respective governments have butted heads over things like how to best tackle the energy crisis, defence, arming Ukraine, taking on China and more. The pair held their head-to-head meeting, but the schedule released by President Macron's office did not provide for a press conference afterwards, perhaps in a bid to avoid the public airing of any disagreements. The thing that sparked the most recent talks of a falling out between the two countries was the postponement of an annual meeting between the French and German cabinets, which would have been Olaf Scholz's first as Chancellor. We delve deeper into the current state of Franco-German relations in our latest TLDR EU video. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Dutch media have reported today that the Chinese government has been operating at least two undeclared police stations in the Netherlands. In essence, they claim that the Chinese government is using things called overseas service stations, which provide diplomatic services, but which they claim are being used to silence Chinese dissidents in the country. To be clear, these accusations were made by Dutch media, not the government. Nonetheless, a foreign ministry spokesperson said that the existence of unofficial police outposts was illegal. If they did exist, they would violate the territorial integrity of the Netherlands as it would circumvent their jurisdiction and protections provided by their laws. The Chinese foreign ministry has denied the allegations. This comes on the back of a new story earlier this month that members of the Chinese consulate in Manchester had a fight with people protesting outside of the consulate. The British police are looking into this. Today, a Russian court has rejected an appeal by Brittany Griner, a US basketball star. Griner was arrested earlier in the year in Moscow for smuggling and possession of cannabis oil. She was sentenced to nine years in prison, which she's set to serve in a penal colony. About the conviction, Griner has said that it was an honest mistake and that the process had been very stressful. She recently appealed the sentence, but a court in Moscow upheld it, saying that it was fair. Griner's lawyer, Alexander Boykov, said that no judge, hand on heart, will honestly say that Griner's nine-year sentence is in line with Russian criminal law. He's hoping that a prisoner swap could be on the cards. The US currently has Victor Bout, an arms trader known as the Merchant of Death, in custody. There's been speculation that he could be swapped for Griner. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of Sunak's first PMQs, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. 
And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.